Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore. This is Joe Coglin, Editor-in-Chief and uh, co-founder of The Record North Shore. And joining me is Martin Carlino, our senior editor and also a co-founder of The Record. Um, and this is North Shore News Week. We wrap up the week that was in North Shore News and the week that's going to be on the recordnorthshore.org, um, your nonprofit news site. Um, busy week, of course, for everybody. Busy, pressure-filled um, election coverage. Um, lack of sleep. You guys know how we feel, I'm sure. Um, but Martin, at any time, this uh, this podcast sounds like two tired journalists just uh, talking on and rambling on. That's because it is. Um, but uh, we'll try to get you the news in the uh, in the most efficient and uh, most comprehensive manner at, at possible here. Yeah, just a reminder, um, if we wanted to plug, um, we are a nonprofit newsroom. So, um, you know, your donations and your subscriptions fund our efforts um like last night on election night which we provide free of charge both on social media and um of course on our website all our public service journalism is free so um check out our website where you can uh support our efforts for like martin said two tired journalists who probably are about on their fourth cup of coffee or um going to get that soon <laughs> so this is uh north shore Newsweek. like i said our weekly wrap-up we um we, we break it down into a few segments, um, basically three segments. We start out with our lead story, where then we go up and down the shore, and then we do our featured feature before uh, you know, showing you guys a little bit of what's to come. Um, so we're going to jump right into it with our top story, which is no surprise, the local election. Um, I should say the general election, um, because uh, I guess always people are interested in all, this, all the local, regional, and um, presidential races, but... Um, you know, we we're gonna we broke them down all for you last night, and we're gonna do that right here. First, we'll start super local with Will Met on the ballot was a measure to um, ask the opinion of voters a, a non-binding question on if uh, they wanted cannabis sales in town limits. Um, we broke it down beforehand. I'm sure you guys have heard about this, um, and with uh, with all the precincts reporting. Um, the, the measure passed, or I shouldn't say it passed. Uh, voters said, yes, that's okay with us. You can have it in the village. Won by about 11 points, 55 to about 44 and a half. Um, so maybe 10 and a half points. But um, it was, uh, wasn't remarkably close throughout. To be honest, I thought Marty was going to be about a 20-point victory. Ended up yeah, being about a little bit of a little bit of a tighter margin than I, than I think both uh, you and I anticipated here, Joe. Um, but it's interesting to see that the um, – the community has ha, has now signaled their support that they are okay with uh, cannabis sales in Wilmette. If you look at some of the other nearby villages for, for reference, last year, I believe, um, Northfield did something similar where they asked residents um, their opinions on if they, uh, if they approved or disapproved of cannabis sales um, in the village. This was not a referendum. It was just more so a general survey. But I think that uh, split was about 50-50, um, 50 yes, 50 no. So very close there. So it's a little telling that maybe it's a little, uh, things have changed in the years since in nearby Wilmette. Yeah, I think so too. And, um, you know, what was, what looks promising was a, uh, voting total of 12,236. Um, that is a lot of Wilmette voters. Oh, sorry. We, we had a little glitch there. It happens when we're doing these zoom things, but, um, we're actually working on a voter turnout recap 
uh, along with breaking down all these national election or regional and national elections Marty's about to talk about um, that we have for you and how you voted on those. Uh, the county clerk just hasn't been as uh, as efficient this year for a lot of reasons. I'm sure they're they're working hard over there. Um, but I think I think uh, Wilmette voting age population is probably around um, seventeen thousand would be my guess. Um, I can't find that off the top of my head. So um, so a turnout of twelve thousand twelve and a half um, is really strong. Um, but that's how it turned out. So Wilmette will take that yes from fifty five of the population, fifty five percent. They'll take it to, um, in the beginning of 2021, they'll start the, the uh, governmental process in uh, taking a lot of other factors and see if we'll allow cannabis sales in the village. Um, we should have a definitive answer by uh, end of the first quarter would be my guess of 2021. Yeah, certainly something uh, that's going to be of great interest to our readers moving forward, how the, uh, the village is going to handle um, either – moving forward with uh, cannabis sales in the village or deciding to sort of stand pat on their, on their previous decision. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see how the uh, local boards throughout Wilmette are going to um, handle this. But as Joe mentioned, uh, moving forward to some of the national races that of course have a local impact here. These are the people who represent you uh, both at the state level and the federal level. So we'll start out first uh, on the bit of a bigger size at bit bigger size, excuse me, at the federal level. Um, the two represent the two uh, representatives who uh, represent our coverage area in the House of Representatives, Jan Schakowsky and Brad Schneider, were both um, comfortably reelected to their seats. Uh, with Schakowsky being reelected to her ninth district seat. Um, this is her. Tw- this is going to be her twelfth term in the U.S. House of Representatives. She's been in office representing the ninth district since 1999. Um, so voters certainly showed that uh, they would like her to continue moving forward and serve another term. Um, she won about 68 percent of the vote as of public as of us recording this podcast. I should say, uh, and just for reference to our listeners, we're recording this on Wednesday evening, November 4th. So. Of course, some of these numbers can slightly change, but um, not not a whole lot of great deal of change there. Uh, and Brad Schneider was reelected to his 10th district seat as well. Um, Schneider won about 60% of the vote to retain his 10th district seat. This will now be his third consecutive term um, serving the 10th district. So that uh, that 10th district covers a little part of Glencoe. And to circle back to uh, Schakowsky, her 9th district covers uh, pretty much all of our coverage area is included in that. Um, Northfield, Wilmette, Winnetka, um, and Kenilworth as well. Uh, And moving on to the Illinois House of Representatives, Robin Gable and Jennifer Gong-Gershowitz were both reelected as well. Um, Gong-Gershowitz to the 17th district seat in the Illinois House and Robin Gable to the 18th district seat. Um, Gable won about 70% of the vote as of us reporting this and Gong-Gershowitz finished off with about 62% of the vote. Um, And Going to swing it back to Joe now, who's going to fill um, our listeners in on two county races and um, an amendment, actually, that uh, was pretty contentious throughout its um, its proceedings leading up to the election. Yeah, these county races, uh, as well as we'll throw in, um, um, these county races have a, have a major impact on on all the voters in the county, suburban as well as Chicago. Um, so um, Kim Fox um, retained her seat as the Cook County State's Attorney. Um, if you remember, I'm sure you do. She was elected um, after a, a polarizing 2016 primary with Anita Alvarez, um, who was 
who was uh, scrutinized for her handling of the Laquan McDonald murder. Um, and then uh, Kim Fox beat uh, Bill Conway in that election. This time around, she beat Pat O'Brien. Um, actually, in the suburban Cook County, uh, Pat O'Brien was favored, but the Chicago pushed Fox well over the edge. Um, and, and at the end, it wasn't, it wasn't very close. Um, so she, she retained by about 200,000 um, votes with about 96 uh, percent reporting right now and uh and o'brien called her to concede um and so fox moves on um and is reelected. um some cook county roundup real quick obviously the the metropolitan water reclamation district um is important to the north shore for obvious reasons the shore um and incumbents um kimberly uh the bucklet cameron cam davis and uh ira Carell sepulveda uh were all reelected to their positions there Tammy Wentz reelected for the Board of Review in the 1st District over Dan Patlick. And Iris Martinez uh, continues on as the county clerk beating Barbara Beller. Uh, maybe the biggest one, and, and maybe we buried the lead on this, sorry to do that to you, uh, is the fair tax amendment. But you probably already know um, it, was, it was kind of in the, uh, in the obvious in the obvious realm last night um, before, uh, before we all went to bed as uh, the nose had it by about eight and then it stretched to 10 points and in the morning it was about 11 or 12 and um, finally the the uh, backers of the, uh, the supporters of the of the fair tax act the which <clears throat> gave the changed the illinois constitution so that the state had the ability to place a graduated tax income um, a progressive tax in income under the promise um, from um, governor pritzker and others that uh, they would uh, tax anybody making over two hundred fifty thousand dollars um, but uh, that group um, conceded this morning. Um, they said they were undoubtedly disappointed with the result. Um, and Pritzker actually came out today and talked about it in his press conference about um, COVID-19 press conference and said, uh, everybody who supported is going to have to wear this. Basically, this is a, that's a paraphrase um, and taxes, tax increases and budget cuts that are going to hurt are coming. Um, he said that before as well. So, uh, take that for what it's worth, but the fair tax amendment, it was uh, defeated. So that's the back. Back. I'm sorry, Marty, go ahead. To circle back to your earlier point, Joe, we uh, we here at the record hope we'll be able to, in the very near future, report some uh, more localized numbers in terms of how specifically the Nutria Township and Cook County as a whole voted on some of these races. Um, as it probably goes without saying, you probably know this already, but um as we're recording this, the presidential election is still up for grabs, um, still undecided there. So once we get some more information from the Cook County clerk, we can hopefully provide some uh, more detailed um, voter statistics and turnout rates um, to sort of determine how things shaped out specifically in the New Shore Township. So keep an eye out in the next couple of days um, for that at the recordnorthshore.org. Yeah, we probably don't have to state the obvious, but we will um, in our reporting that um, obviously uh, Joe Biden carried Illinois um, suburban voters um, based on, uh, you know, preliminary results backed him handily. And uh, I'm sure you can expect that in Nutria Township, though we haven't seen that breakdown. Um, but nevertheless, we'll give you that breakdown as soon as we get it in. So that is uh, the election roundup. A um, lot of information we just tossed into, into you. You can read it all at your own leisure um, at therecordnorthshore.org. Um, take it all in and digest it. 
Um, and obviously you're listening to this, so uh, maybe you just did digest it. But moving up and down the shore now, that is our opening round. Now we're moving up and down the shore. Going to go from Glencoe down to Wilmette and give you uh, a story that we've done in the past week in each community. Um, and we will start in Glencoe. That's always the first one we start with. And another fun one, Glencoe. Glencoe is still being creative with their events. Obviously limited in their options, not being able to hold things inside. Um, but luckily, weather has held here and there. So on Sunday, um, they were able to hold their annual um, pumpkin smash, um, which is a, a great creative effort in, in a way to dispose of pumpkins the day after, you know, uh, the day after Halloween, as well as compost. Uh, so um, kind of a win-win-win um, for the village and the community um, and the Glencoe Garden. Glencoe Community Gardens. So got some cool photos. We just did a quick photo gallery. So check that out. Um, you know, hundreds of pumpkins came in. Kids were smashing them in the dumpster. Who doesn't um, love smashing a good pumpkin? The local rabbi was in there. He was, he said he wasn't having that much fun, but I think he was having a great time um, <laughs> tossing the pumpkins around, but uh, it looked like fun. Um, I couldn't get in there. I had to do my job, but it was still a good time. Um, so a cool event from Glencoe. Um, then we're moving down. Um, we're actually going to combine the two here in Winneka and Kenilworth. Obviously, this is going to be a story that, that connects them all, but um, specifically right there in Winneka, Kenilworth with the New Trier Caucus. So more election news. Last week, the caucus, um, the New Trier Caucus, which um, uses volunteers and delegates to endorse and vet, uh, vet then endorse um, in that order, um, candidates for the New Trier School Board the Nutria Board of Education. So they um, they came out with their slate for the April election. There are four seats up, and um, they, uh, they slated one incumbent and three new faces. So when we saw that, we had to do a little more digging to find out. Here's what we found out. Um, current board members, Carol Dukeman and Mark Glucksman, are not running for re-election. Um, and uh, former board president and eight-year veteran of the board, Greg Robitaille, was not slated by the Nutria Caucus. So um, obviously the caucus would not comment on specific individuals and um, and um, Robitaille declined to comment as well. So um, no, no specific reason as to why, um, but there are three new faces on there. Um, we got um, Kimberly Alcantara... Al- <laughs> Kim Alcantara, Alcantara I, I totally don't know. I've said that name a hundred times and I'm totally butchering it now. I'm sorry, Kim. Um, but she's a former D39 board member. Uh, she's also been on the board of the League of Women Voters, very active in the community, very active with Nutria right now with um, uh, parent groups and things like that. So she is slated. Um, we have S- Sally Tomlinson um, and Avik Das, um, two new faces um, that, uh, you know, they, they provided bios. You can read them on our site. I don't know much about it. Avix from Glenview um, has a student in Avoca and is involved in the parent-teacher council over there. Um, he's a, a juvenile probation officer. And Sally is a communications press, uh, professional, um, very involved, uh, revamped the newsletter um, here for the local schools and did a, has been doing a lot of other volunteer work for the local schools. Um, so we, we got three new faces that, that have been slated. The past two elections, at least, the slate has been um, you know, uh, you know, been boarded, uh, voted on the board, um, without much, uh, without much competition. So, 
Um, and for readers and, and listeners who are looking for a little bit uh, more information on this year's slate, make sure you check out the article we've got up on our site. We've got full bios um, for all of the, uh, the members who were slated in that. So if anyone looking for a little more information, make sure to check out the article we've got up. Yeah, I think I'm noticing, uh, I believe I'm rambling a little bit, um, and I apologize for that. We, we're in information overload over here, people. So I'm sorry if I'm giving you that same um, feel. Um, but uh, We're rambling, just, and we're not even talking about Loyola. And not, yeah, oh, wow. Uh, and who's the dad among us? I, I'm supposed to be making the dad jokes over here. But uh, <laughs> good one by Martin Carlino. But anyway, um, sorry for that. Hopefully you're following along. But that is Winneka and Kenilworth. We're going to skip down to Wilmette with uh, a big development a lot of people are talking about, and it's finally moving forward. Yeah, Joe, the Optima development got its uh, final village approval um, late last week. So that project is moving forward now. Um, and the interesting thing I think to note is here, when that project first came up in front of the plan commission, which is actually now uh, several months ago, it, it's been a pretty uh, extensive proceeding for this project. It was first denied. The plan commission first recommended denial of the project by a five to two vote. Um, then after once it, once it made its way to the village board, there were a series of uh, revisions and changes that were made to the, uh, to the project, some setbacks, um, some fine details were, were tuned out, and then a series of uh, public benefits, as the Village of Wilmette is calling them, were also included in the project. Um, just to briefly fill you in on what some of those benefits are, is the developer is going to contribute $1.6 million for potential use to further uh, advance affordable housing in Wilmette, um, and also a $120,000 um, contribution to streetscape work outside of where the development is going to be taking place and where the development is going to be near, and um, to set it in stone, that development is going to be in the 1200 block of Central Avenue. So right outside, uh, right near the downtown Wilmette area. Um, and right now the plans call for 5,900 square feet of commercial space uh, and also 109 residential units. A uh, hundred of those residential units will be on uh, floors two through six. And I believe nine of those are going to be on the ground floor. So big project for um, Wilmette's downtown area moving forward that now has uh, approval from village officials and is going to um, begin its timeline. And we've got uh, the timeline for that project included in the article we've got up about it. Um, right now, officials are estimating sometime between April and June of 2023 for completion of it. So still a ways away, but um, you'll know what's going on in the area now when you drive by it, but it's still going to be a ways away before it actually comes to fruition. Yeah, another part of Wilmette's um, downtown master plan really trying to make that a very walkable and convenient and efficient and all those buzzwords um, that, uh, that they're working towards so a big step forward for them um, now we call it up and down the shore but we're taking one step west and going to Northfield um, and their food pantry there uh, Northfield Township um, which is just ne next door to our area but we did a um, one of our freelance reporters, Leah Vaughn, did a really cool story about how local groups are stepping up um, to help the township food pantry, specifically um, Valley Low Club in Glenview, um, Medline, um, a huge company out there in Northfield, as well as Avoca um, District 37. So, um, and I'm sure others as well, but the story kind of focuses there and talks about how, um, you know, Medline has a community garden um, and they've really kind of um, 
up their efforts, up their volunteer work from the employees um, to specifically create great larger harvests and more harvests and um, help the food pantry um, with COVID. Um, throughout the pandemic, uh, food insecurity is on the rise. Um, usage of the food pantry has gone up 30%, um, and now it's serving 900 families. Um, so um, food comes in, food goes out pretty quickly. Um, but these big organizations have really helped out and helped feed the need, if you will, um, in that group. And it's really a cool story. You should check it out. Some great work by Leah Vaughn um, over there um, as a freelancer. Um, so thank you very much, Leah. And check out the recordnorthshore.org and uh, those organizations um, really helped out the township and helped out our community. And sticking with our Northfield uh, angle here, Joe, we're going to continue moving forward with this week's featured feature, which is about a local Girl Scout troop, Troop 45521, uh, which is out of uh, Northfield. And, and earlier, or last week, I should say, in collaboration with the League of Women Voters, uh, Winneka, Northfield, and Kenilworth, some local chapters, these, uh, these middle school scouts earned their Girl Scout suffrage centennial patch. This was actually last Saturday, October 24th. So very timely story. And these, uh, these local scouts were, were out there in the community at Clarkson Park. Um, also another story we, we've covered in the past, the renovations going on at Clarkson Park, but they were still able to, uh, to meet outside of the park, even with the renovations. And they were encouraging um, people to vote and encouraging to uh, people to have their voices heard. So obviously a very timely story with the, uh, the election behind us now and the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. So very timely story and a group of uh, local Girl Scouts doing some awesome work. Yeah, really cool story um, done there. You should go check it out. That's the recordnorthshore.org. We've got all that, plus all the up and down the shore, plus all the election results, um, that and more we've done um, in the past week. So please try to catch up if you can, if, um, if you have some time. I know um, that is a, a luxury right now. Um, not everybody has, but that is, uh, that is the main, that is the meat and potatoes of the, uh, North shore news week for this week. Now, uh, we always kind of end things by looking ahead and what you can expect out of us. Um, and we got some good stuff. Um, and first, uh, you know, it happens tonight and hopefully we have a story up for you, um, ASAP, but, um, Nutrier is meeting to talk about a plan to return to the classroom. Yeah, a special board meeting um, for the new Chair 203 Board of Education, as Joe mentioned, happening tonight. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to fill you in on what um, decision officials make regarding potential plans for um, having students back learning in some capacity in person. So about four weeks ago now, actually, the uh, district paused its um, plans for uh, its hybrid learning plans, which called for 25% of students back on campus learning. So those plans have been on hold for uh, for several weeks now, and district officials are convening tonight to try to discuss the means in which they can potentially bring students back to campus. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Um, I know the district is very eager that its um, saliva-based screening program is hopefully going to be taking off sometime within the next week or two, and they're hopeful that that is going to be something that will allow them to have minimum um, interruptions to in-person learning moving forward. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. I believe as of last week, they had said that already 70% of district families have signed up for the program. So um, positive start to that program so far, and it should uh, hit the ground running within the next week or so here. 
Yeah, like you said, they really hope the sooner the better because the numbers around here keep climbing. So they're looking for a way to be more confident um, about who's being in their building and this sort of testing will do it. Um, we did have some other numbers um, that we just um, put up on our site, just kind of a data collection and reporting that, you know, the, the area, the township just passed a thousand cases. Um, there have been 11 deaths. Um, percentage was rising up to 6.5%, um, which was the highest it's seen in a while in the district, not the highest since March, but the highest it's seen in a while. And the new cases per week per 100,000 residents, which is a way to compare it to other communities, is uh, 209 cases per week, which is also a high in a long time. So those numbers are rising. So this, you know, they really hope this will help get them back in the classroom. So that's one story we'll have um, pretty darn soon. And the next one that's ready to go up is uh, about Winneka restaurants. You know, Winneka um, officials, um, the, the local government actually said they are not going to enforce the restaurant indoor dining ban, which, which I thought was kind of a surprise. Um, you know, even if they're not that they came out and reported that, um, there is no indication any restaurants are going to, you know, we talked to a few are going to defy the governor's orders, but, uh, surprising that, that the village said that they don't have the resources and it's not a good time for them to enforce such policies. Yeah. And some, uh, some communities not too far away from our coverage area actually have adapted similar stances, Joe, and we've started to see the Unfortunately, we've started to see the first series of uh, fines roll into those um, businesses. A report from the Chicago Tribune earlier this week um, said that some Park Ridge restaurants have started to receive um, some fines because of their um, defiance of the governor's order. So we'll have to see how the situation plays out any further in Winneka. But as of right now, um, the restaurants we talked to have signaled they are going to follow the governor's restrictions. So yeah, take a look at that story. It'll be up later this week, um, as well as all our stories at the record North shore.org. They are all worthy of your eyes, I would say. So, um, check them out. Very local reporting. Um, we're busy, busy as always working for you. You can send any tips you ever have to newsroom at the record NS as in the record North shore, but the record NS.org. And, uh, that's it for North shore Newsweek this week. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to go. Thanks for sticking it out with us this week as we yeah, appreciate it. This was kind of a rough one. We could start over and redo it and kind of fill in the gaps and do some editing, but we decided, I think a couple weeks ago that uh, we prefer just riffing and kind of talking with you guys about what's going on, uh, more of a casual conversation. So that's what you get. We hope you enjoy it. Um, for Marty, I'm Joe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.